good sound effects. That's what we need more in this podcast. We do need sound effects. Yeah. Why don't we start adding those? I don't know where we we add them. It'd be like bells and whistles and stuff. Zippers. Right. It'll be like the John Candy's character from Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Let's not even get into that. (laughs) So... Uh, so anyway, how you doing, buddy? All right, all right, all right. Are you ready to go? You ready to do this? I'm. I, 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 yep. It just took that. That's all it needed. Yeah. weep, grana, weep, mini bomb. I tried to memorize it, dude. I couldn't memorize it. I laughed every time I tried. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 the uh, universe's uh universal greeting. Yep. Ba everyone need Grana Weep Ninny Bomb Baweep Grana Weep Mini Bomb Baweep Grana Weep Mini Bomb and I just love that they start a dance circle with it. Da da stupid. Da be stupid. Operators are standing by. That whole thing, just knowing that Eric Idle and Weird Al Yankovic are in the same scene in Transformers the movie gets me. I'm just like, that was fantastic. Because it made me feel like it was like a wink to the audience. Yes, we know this is dumb, but here you go. So funny. Welcome. All right, all right. Let's do it. Do it. Hello, I'm Joey Parr, Editor-in-Chief of GeekTyrant.com, and I am your host of our latest episode of Secret Level. And yes, yes, today, today, we are talking about Transformers the Movie. The 1984 animated movie, the one that came after two seasons of the cartoon series, and they killed off all of our favorite characters in the first 20 minutes of the film. Oh, my gosh. Why? Why? Uh, it's devastating, dude. And it's like like your favorite characters like Cliffjumper and just... Dude, are- within the first five minutes, right? Right. You, you lose right. like 10 guys. <laughs> and it's like they don't even put up a fight. They're just dead. I, I, what? They're like, oh, look, Decepticons. Pfft, dead. Bram! <laughs> oh, my gosh. And here's the thing. I'm going like, to bust me some Deceptic creeps. Okay. Perfect. Example. Everybody gets out there like one line and then they're dead. <laughs> Everyone like in the shuttle. Right. Ready the shuttle for launch. Now, all we need is a little energon and a lot of luck. And then they all die. Okay. They had no they're, luck. They're all dead. So here's the thing. Laserbeak shows up. Boom. No one sees him. He flies right up to the headquarters, to the main base it's and, so like, easy to spy. Why didn't they do this like earlier in the in, right. in the cartoon series? It was so easy. 
for Megatron to spy on them, figure out what they're doing, uh, infiltrate their ship, and then kill everybody on board. And left every kid in the audience just staring up at the screen going, what the hell just happened? They're all dead. (laughs) Okay, so like in my mind, so they're all dying. I just wanted Optimus Prime, Jazz, and and Bumblebee to be okay. Two out of three isn't bad. Two out of three is not bad. No, but losing Optimus Prime is the worst. The absolute worst. I, know. I mean, out of the three. Ugh, just watching that turd. scene, though, Megatron going in there, Starscream blowing everybody away, and you just watch the lights just go out of their eyes and the yep, smoke coming out it. of their faces. And it's like, they're not coming back. They're dead. Right. Ah. That's okay. Rough. So we have a lot. Yeah, we have a lot to that talk about. That was a rough one. one, man. It's it's rough. So let's start off with some pleasantries before we uh, go down this rabbit hole. Well, real quick though, remember when they're like, <laughs> when they're talking about getting killed and stuff, and it's like they're trying to like figure everything out and beat the Decepticons, and they're like, I hope so. We're, we're all gonna end up like burnt out, burnout toaster ovens. The thing is, is they do when they're dead. They look like burnout toaster ovens. Yeah, they're it's just trash. But then you've got uh, that one character, I can't remember who it was, but he's like, I've got better things to do than die. <laughs> I mean, at least he went out fighting. That's all I can say about uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Crazy days. That's yeah. yeah, rough. The 80s were weird. Transformers. We've hit that, right? We've hit that note a couple times. That's just a little taste oh. of what we're going to get into. Holy cow, we've got so much stuff to get through on this one, guys. Right. Oh, man. So, how's your week been? What's been going on? Anything new? A lot new. Yeah, so much. Ridiculous. I like it. Oh, good. Good. Love ridiculous. But, uh, you know when you're driving down Highway 15 and you're about to pass through Baker, it's like the exit right before you get to Baker. There's that... ZZYZX Road. Ah, uh, Zizix, our, our old friend. Zizix is how it's pronounced. Zizix. Well, after 40-some years, I finally know. That's it. <laughs> Zizix. Okay, cool. Yes, I know what you're talking about. And I pulled off. Went out and drove down Zizix Road just to see what was going on over there. And mm-hmm. uh, not much. A lot of desert. <laughs> There is an old Fantastic. there's an old resort down there at the very end that mm-hmm. had some uh, religious quackpot start in the late 40s that he he ran it all the way from the 70s to the seven, from mm-hmm. the 40s to the 70s. It's got a little history behind there, but yeah, I did that. I drove down Zizek's Road just to see what was going on cuz I've never done it before. So I'm like you know, I've lived in California all my life. I should probably see what this is all about. So I did. Right. And that's... And, and I'm then, jealous, dude. And then I went, and there were palm trees, there were old buildings. There's a lake there with weird roads, like uh, huh. with, with names on them. Okay. 
like uh, Boulevard of Dreams. Oh, that's where that's at. Yeah, Boulevard of Dreams is there. If you ever want to yeah. go. That's all I want to do now. But that's what I did. I took a trip out okay. there. Oh, not just for that. I was driving back from Utah and decided to pull off on my way back. So it well, was a fun little weird thing that I did. <laughs> I know they filmed, there's a, so, they filmed some movies there. I've heard there's a, uh-huh. there was a serial killer out there at one point. Uh, I, there's a movie called Zizek's that is, I have never seen it, but apparently it's absolutely terrible. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm always really thrilled with your adventures, but um, scrolling through TikTok today, uh, I caught one of your videos, and you went to the original Del Taco. Yeah, yes, I did. I did go to the original Del Taco out in Yermo, Yermo, California, right in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I got... It's by Calico Ghost Town. Oh, okay, great. Okay, now I know where that's at. Yep. Was that going out to Utah or coming back from Utah? That was the same trip I went to Zizek's. (laughs) I heard the Del Taco was out there, the original Del Taco, so I got, so I, Mm -hmm. so I thought, you know what? I gotta go pay a visit to the Del because I like Del Taco. Yeah, Del Taco is fantastic. Hey, and if Del Taco hears this and they're like, oh man, these guys like Del Taco, we should give them money to like sponsor them. That'd be great. Hit us up. Oh, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> no, I grew I'm... up on Del Taco. And so that's what got me, dude. I got way more excited about that TikTok video than I should have. <laughs> I was like, this is the most exciting thing that's happened to me today. And when that really hit me, I was like, Wow. Joey's TikTok was the best thing to happen to me today. <laughs> it's it's so kind anyway, of sad, I'm, Billy. I'm really excited for, yeah, that's why I, I save all my energy. Holy crap, Billy. I forgot to introduce you. Oh, it's it's fine. Wow. Dang. It's, it's a I mystery. I feel so bad now. No, it's... It, you I know always what? introduce I you in a weird way, and this is the... Now I forgot. And so I guess your introduction is now because I forgot, and that's what makes it weird. It makes it kind of cool because then throughout the rest of the episode, they'll be like, who is he talking to? I like it. I like the mystery. So and joining me as fun. always is the great and fabulous Billy Fisher. Yeah. There we go. There's your introduction. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. I can hear the. the I kind of just wanted to jump the in the Transformers talk. It's because there's a lot like it. it there shouldn't be as much as there is in this. But there's a lot. I know. It's, Too much. Oh, man. What about like, you, Bill? Oh, this week has been a week of... There's been a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm this week. Mm, excellent. It, it was needed. And so, Larry David, it's he's just a genius. So, had that going on. Um, started watching that show, White Lotus... Okay. I don't... Which is just, it's an HBO show just pretty much making fun of the perception of the rich. If you have a lot of money, how you see something as compared to people that don't have a lot of money that are working hard for. It, it's just the contrast of it. And it's a comedy. Well, at least it's supposed to be a comedy. Most of the time I'm just like, oh, that's awful. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it's funny. It's anything Steve Zahn's in is okay with me. Okay. Yeah, and Jennifer Coolidge is in it, and she's hilarious. So, I mean, that's always good. But in between, and yes, it took me a couple of days. In between all of those fun shows watching watching those, I slipped in some Transformers. It's probably one of the most frustrating movies I've ever watched. Like, when I was a kid, when it came out to the movie theaters, my favorite movie. I loved it. It had the emotional roller coaster that everybody's looking for. Um, with the characters being killed off, new characters coming in. But the difference between then and now is like, now I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> like, so they're all on the same ship at one point, and the next thing you know, Hot Rod and Cup are underwater on a planet that you don't know how they got there. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm like, and I rewound it like four times going, did I miss something? You did not. I, I did not. I missed nothing. It's just that. It it's just like that, that weird cut in Poltergeist. Yes. But, yep. Where they're in the middle of a sentence and then all of a sudden they're at the door of a guy, of their yeah. neighbor. Neighbor. Hey, what's up? <laughs> okay. So, yes. Okay. So I thought I was going crazy in that one too, but no, they're just. Nope. You're not going crazy. Mm. It's definitely, it definitely tripped me out for a little bit. I was like, did I miss something? Did I fall asleep? No, it's, it's a weird cut. Yes. So anyway. Here's the thing that's so weird about this movie to me is the voice cast of this movie. I was like, how? It so, was Transformers, about- the movie. They had to stack right. that cast. But how? Like, okay, so let's talk about this. The, the weirdest name in this thing is Orson Welles. Yeah. What? Okay, hold that thought. Because before we go any further, because we're going to jump right into that oh, in a minute. What are we doing? We're reading the synopsis, dude. Oh, yes. It's a brief Let's one, read. though. It's a brief one. Oh, is it fantastic? You're about to find uh, out. I'm not even going to ask. Are you ready? Just, just go. Here we go. Do it. Yep. The heroic Autobots defend their homeworld Cybertron from the evil Decepticons. Both factions are seething with anger and that hatred has blinded them to the hideous menace headed their way. Yep. That's the movie in a nutshell. Obviously, yep. the hideous menace is... Is our lovely friend, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Is, Orson Welles is taking the Transformers by himself. It's just his giant floating head. Orson yeah. Welles' his giant floating head is floating around space killing Transformers. Okay, so Orson Welles is the voice of Unicron. Unicron. It's, it's cool, but they synthesize his voice so much. I know we're going to talk about that, but you can't tell it's him. This, this, was, this was Orson Welles' final film before he died yep. on October 10th, 1985 at the age of 70. Yep. Yeah. This was his last movie. (laughs) Right. I was just going to say, what a movie to go out on, too. Well, he hated the movie. (laughs) Of course he did. It's like the last movie he makes, he hates. Right. 
when asked about his role in the film, he not only couldn't remember the character's name, but he described his role as a big toy who attacks a bunch of smaller toys. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, It said that when he was shooting the film, he was eating everything that they had put out on the buffet table. Like he was just there eating everything while they rec- while they were recording. Oh, he was just there for the snacks. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, wow. But yeah, while Orson Welles was doing the voice work for this movie, mm-hmm. he was in super poor health at the time. And it was difficult for him to record his dialogue. And most of his recorded lines had labored breathing and heavy wheezing in it. Like it was almost (laughs) unusable. And so Mm -hmm. director Nelson Shin basically considered most of Wells recorded lines as unusable and decided to put those recordings through a voice synthesizer. (laughs) I can't say synthesizer. (laughs) To put those recordings through a voice synthesizer. Freak, I just said synthesizer. (laughs) Can you say it good when you don't mean to? (laughs) To put the recordings. To put. (laughs) I like it. To put the recordings. To put the recordings through a voice synthesizer to give Wells' voice a clearer, more ominous tone. According to the director, Unicron's on-screen voice is not the true voice of Orson Welles, but instead an enhanced, an enhanced, but instead an enhanced synthesized version of his voice. So what we're hearing in that movie is Orson Welles, but not Orson Welles. (laughs) Wasn't there a rumor for a while that they said Leonard Nimoy finished his lines for it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that is not true. Okay. Uh, Wells did complete all of his voice work before he died. And for those of you, Leonard Nimoy, he was the voice of Galvatron. Hail Galvatron. He was the um, the advanced version of Megatron. Yeah. Which, that was another thing that got me because it, I thought Meg- I had the original Megatron Transformers toy, and I thought that that toy was ten times cooler than Galvatron. Like I did, I, I yeah, saw it man, because it turned into a gun, dude. Right. It was like Not you got to little... go out with a transformed Megatron, and you have like a gun in your hand. You can go point it at cops and stuff. Yep. yep. You can't well, do that anymore. <laughs> no, you cannot. No, and it was metal too, which was crazy. I know. It was metal. It's a badass so, toy. Yeah. For a, for a kid in the 80s. Oh, it was. And I was like the envy of everybody. Um, you had until... it. I had Optimus Prime. I... That was... Oh. And I had Bumblebee, and I had Jazz. Yep. And a few others. Starscream, for sure. I had Starscream. I, n- I never got the metal Optimus Prime. I'd see. Yeah, that was a good one, man. You missed out. That was a good one. But I never had Megatron, so you win the game on that one. Right, but somebody stole it from me. Oh, suck, bro. Yeah. Let's go find him yep. and beat his ass. <laughs> wow, that was like 
38 years ago. So yeah, let's find not, him. But let's not do that. Yeah, we'll find but him on Facebook first. We'll punch his dumb face, <laughs> steal it from me. So, yeah, that's, it actually, this conversation is going to come up in a little bit because when this movie came out, I thought I was going to get an Optimus Prime finally. And I got something else instead. And now I feel really bad about it, but at the time I was dead. Was it an oh. RV? <laughs> this here Clark is an RV. <laughs> when Hot Rod turned into an RV, I was like, one. what the shit? Oh, my god! He was yep. such so- a cool car. And Rodimus when he takes Prime. the leadership position as Rodimus Prime, he's an RV. <laughs> my, my oh, mom, my gosh. My mom is the best person I've ever met, and I asked for Optimus Prime. I got Rodimus Prime, <laughs> and I was so sad. Now I would kill it's to like have a, it. Like it's I'd, like, I'd, at least get me Hot Rod. <laughs> right. At least Hot no, Rod was a cool car. Well, he if was, I was okay, Rodimus so, Prime and I turned into an RV, I'd be like, uh, does anybody else want this uh, <laughs> Matrix of Leadership? <laughs> Ultra Magnus, come back. Take this from me. Please. Now, if Ultra yeah. Magnus would have opened it up, what would he have turned into? Because he, he was already a big truck. Right. So, so would he have been upgraded to, like, what? Well, so that, like that a was tank? The, the big... No, not a tank. It would have been no, a tank. No, no. He just... He became like white prime. Mm, I've white seen pictures prime. of it. I he, see. And I, th- I think they made a toy of it. But yeah, like he was like, he went from like the, the blue red, because he would have looked exactly like Optimus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he already did. But I, they have drawings of him. He would have been like the angel prime, like all white and mm. whatever. All right. Well, I'll have to find uh, pictures yeah. of that, post them up on yeah. Facebook and Twitter and yes. stuff. We love that. So, uh, yeah. Did you know that this movie was Scatman Crothers' final film? So, for those of you who don't know, Scatman Crothers' jazz in the Transformer universe was Mr. Halloran from The Shining. And... Such a great voice, like very distinct. That's why I love jazz so much because of his voice. Yeah, jazz was a favorite for sure. Yep. I didn't realize until I started kind of digging into this that this was the last movie he did. I know, that's sad. He died at 76. Oh, take that, Orson Welles. He had you by six years. It's true. Booyah. Yep. The movie also takes place 20 years after the end of the Transformers animated series, second season. The film is really? set in 2005, Cybertron 2005. Okay, and that's one of the things we need to talk about this. We're going to get to it in a little bit, but like <sighs> Spike all of a sudden is a dad to Daniel Witwicky. Daniel Witwicky. Yeah, such a horrible name. You know, uh, I wasn't a fan of Daniel. Even no. as a kid, I know they were trying to like get kids to be like, oh, look at this kid. And I was like, ugh, I hate this kid. My favorite scene with uh-huh. Daniel is near the very end when they're in Unicron and there's just massive chaos going all around all over the place, right? So I love the part where 
Spike's kid, Daniel, has to save him, has to save his dad from dying because his dad's on this, like, hanging from this conveyor belt that's going to drop him in this vat of molten hot steel that is just melted, right? Mm-hmm. And Spike is freaking out and at one point yells at Daniel because Daniel doesn't know what he's doing. He's just like, what do I do? And at one point, Spike's like, use the exosuit. And then the Daniel just starts like pushing all these buttons on the exosuit. He has no idea what's going on with this thing. He's just like, if I hopefully I just press the right one and I save my dad, right? Mm-hmm. And as he's trying to figure out how to save his dad, Spike lets out this blood curdling scream <laughs> with this close up on his face, and he's just like, "Hurry!" <laughs> and it That's makes cool. me laugh every time. And then, <laughs> and then you know something happens, and he like pushes something, and it like bumps something, and then it saves his dad. And Spike comes up, and he's like, "Daniel, you did it!" And there's a shot of. <laughs> there's this shot of Daniel. It comes in close to his face, like real so slowly. And he's looking up at his dad all stoic. And he's like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's just how the, that's just how the movie and went. That right there is the best part about the human <laughs> characters in this movie. <laughs> that's all I get. And let's talk about the exosuit real quick. Okay. Yeah, Those exosuits that they're wearing, like, mm-hmm. remember when the kid, like, they're like, you got to transform. And he's, like, trying to concentrate, transform, transform. And then he finally transforms into this car. Mm-hmm. The way that happens and yet transforms, that would have broke every freaking bone in his body. <laughs> and, and Daniel would have been the dead, bloody kid <laughs> in that thing. Just a mess of blood and guts oh man but as as we learned in this movie and we haven't even scratched the surface is that shit doesn't matter i know they don't care but it's fun yeah like they literally you could tell at some point they were usually i think it's when they get to the junk planet where they're just like we're done well let's just throw whatever we want into this thing and that's pretty much what happened the story editor of the film uh-huh. Uh, he described the movie as a Frankenstein of different drafts and ideas <laughs> and people because of how many hasty and incoherent rewrites it had during production. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. There's, it's just so crazy. So we already talked about uh, hot rod and cup and the dino bots just uh, appearing on a planet. Yeah. They were, they were in the getaway ship and the next thing you know, they're not, and then they're on this planet. And what? Yeah. Like, with and we're we're just supposed to accept with that it. rhyming wheelie kid, that oh, annoying was... ass little robot that okay, I wish who... that I wish freaking Grimlock would have just destroyed and right. tore his face off. But but now they're best friends. I hate That's that rhyming the... thing. So so who's worse? Is is wheelie worse? Or is Blur? So which is worse, Wheelie or Blur? Wheelie, because at least Blur so? was the micro machine guy. <laughs> right, he's gonna sell you some micro machines while we do this. Yeah. Yep. 
But man, yeah, Wheelie was like just these characters get introduced with without any forethought. They're just there. Yeah. And you're and you're just asked to accept it. Much like Eric Idle's character in this. Wreckgar? Wreckgar? Wrecker? Wrecker. Yeah. But they spell it differently. Yeah. Like you never really find out his name in it until you see the credits. Oh, you might as well, like, because we started talking about the uh, the cast earlier. Name off right. the name off those cast members because we really okay. didn't get into it because we got off we got sidetracked by Orson Welles. Yeah. Okay. So this in the eighties, this was the ultimate lineup. This is like the Avengers Endgame lineup of voice actors, and I'm blown away. That nobody talks about this anymore. So you get, you get not only Orson Welles, but you get Leonard Nimoy, who does the voice of Galvatron, which is amazing. Galvatron. Right? Yep. Then you get Robert Stack as Ultra Magnus. Robert Stack. Yeah. Right. Ultra so if Magnus. Get, if you don't get unsolved that chill mysteries. Of, exactly. If you don't get that chill of unsolved mysteries going down your spine while you're watching this, <laughs> I'm, I have no time for you. Then you got Scatman Carruthers, which of course he's um, he's our buddy from The Shining, and then Eric Idle, a freaking member of Monty Python's Flying Circus. Sir Robin ran away. <laughs> Sir Robin ran away. So we got that. You got Casey Kasem coming back in for Cliff Jumper. Oh, for the speaking th- of Casey Kasem, remember uh-huh. in the movie they, he does a countdown in the movie. He right does. before the shuttle launch. Five, <laughs> four, three, two, one. <laughs> I was like, so, of course they had Casey Kasem come in just for that. <laughs> right, right. He he did the he did the top forty countdown back in the day. Now he's doing the countdown <laughs> to, to, to the Transformers. To death. everyone's death, which we right. will talk about in a minute. John Moshida, who did the Micro Machines commercials, he did blur. And this one I couldn't. If you would have told me to pick who did Hot Rod's voice before me knowing who it was, I couldn't have told you. Because it sounds nothing like it, but it's the one and only Judd Nelson. I know, it doesn't sound anything like him. Nothing like him. I was so disturbed by it. It's really weird. It's weird. It's super strange. And of course, you know, we're always going to get the voice of every, every single... Optimus Prime, which is Peter Cullen. But yeah, the voice cast on that back in the eighties, that was the that was the tip top right there. It was the tip top. That was the top of the stack there. It was the Ba Weep Grana Weep Mini Bomb. <laughs> I'm gonna try to use that in a sentence sometime this week. Uh, it's I universal say, greeting, I'm bro. definitely gonna say it a few more times over throughout the podcast. Uh right. Let's talk about movie deaths real quick. Let's just kind of go down the list. Oh, my gosh. You ready it's for this? never-ending list. This is going to be the longest podcast we have because every <laughs> single Autobot died. Ironhide, and- Ratchet, Prowl, Brawn, Wheeljack, Windcharger, Megatron, Starscream, Skywarp, Thundercracker, Shrapnel, Kickback, and Bombshell, and, of course, Optimus Prime. All casualties. And that's in the oh, first. And it's also we learn in the third season that Huffer also died at some point off camera. Huffer died. Just that. <laughs> we didn't. He I didn't even get. 
He didn't even get, no, he got no he glory got nothing. in this. No. But that, that's what I'm saying, dude. They were just like, I don't know what Hasbro was thinking. I have a quick question for you real quick. Yeah. Is this, is this our first Marvel movie that we're talking about? Uh, yeah. This is our first Marvel movie. Yeah, it's true. Crazy, right? That is weird. Yep. Yeah, Hasbro and Marvel came together to make this movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, Crazy. And so, yeah. But you know what the difference between this Marvel movie and the rest of them is? What? It was the when best they one die ever in this made. Movie. No, <laughs> Every, when everyone, they die, they When died. they died, they stayed dead. Yeah. Except for done. except for Megatron and and some of the uh some of the other Decepticons who got transformed into different style robots. Just wieners. But they were horrible. <laughs> I know. I want to talk about Optimus Prime's death real quick. Let's do it. Because it was so sad. Like, it was. I mean, when he's out there and he's facing off with Megatron, and there's that scene, that scene where he's just like when he like rolls into action and he's like Megatron must be stopped and you get that song you got the touch you got the power yeah and then he's like starts driving in transforms he's like running over people he's transforming jumping in the sky he's got these rockets coming out they like push him up there and he's like slow motion going over the going over the Decepticon. He's like blowing them away. Like one by one. You're just like, Oh my gosh, this is the best we've ever seen. Optimus prime in action ever. He is killing Decepticons. He's just like this force of nature. And he's just plowing through and destroying them. And then, and then, and then stupid ass hot rod. (laughs) What a dick, bro. Where's, Oh my gosh. Oh no, you don't, Megatron! Oh, Hot man, Rod, he... no! Ah, uh, just. Ugh. But I'm Ugh. still, I'm also kind of mad that Optimus Prime is like, took the time to talk to Megatron. Where Megatron's like, oh please, no, don't. He's you like, didn't show mercy before. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, please, Prime, um, show mercy. And then Prime just talked to him a little bit. Prime right. should have just blown him away right there. But that's not Prime. Prime wants everybody to have that chance. I know. That I second know. chance. And stupid Hot Rod messes it up all over the place. Dick. And then he's and like, he, even a, he, he yeah, gets him, apologize. and then he just starts blowing freaking Prime away. He's like, fall, fall. And you're just like, no, Prime. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was devastating. He just kept shooting him in the gut. You're just like, stop it. Uh, oh. And that's the that's the thing too, is so Prime dies because Hot Rod's a dick. And But before then, he went out there, it's like he knew, like, cause he was like, Megatron must be stopped, no matter right. the cost. Yeah, he's he's willing to sacrifice himself. But he had him. He had him dead to rights. I know he didn't have to sacrifice himself. Stupid no, he hot didn't rod. Have to. Why is Hot Rod the freaking leader now? Ugh. Right. Ugh. Just so you can look like an RV. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Whoever was the designer of like the upgrades in this movie <laughs> needs to be fired. Like we should hire him and then just fire him immediately. 
Yeah, it was weird to go from the boxy style to this these rounded out weird looking ships and things. Oh, give me a break. And that's the thing is that you, you took Meg, Megatron who was probably one of the best designed Decepticons and ruined him. Turned him into Galvatron. Galvatron. <laughs> right. Weirdo. It, I, I <sighs> And then I'm still mad Starscream died in that. He's still one of my favorites. He deserved it, though. <laughs> Let's be he honest. He was the king for a minute, bro. He got. He was the king. Starscream the throwing king. all the injured Decepticons out of the shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... But would you Wait, expect anything less? I still function. Wanna bet? <laughs> Throws him out. Boo. That was a good Starscream like, impression. Oh, it was great. No, my, I good don't know job, if mine bud. was great, but it was a great no, scene. Was when great. He, but real quick, when they're leaving yes. that and that whole scene takes place, uh-huh. how big is that freaking space shuttle that they're <laughs> flying in? <laughs> right? Because one, you've got you've got these big ass robots in there mm-hmm. and on top of that devastator forms while inside the ship inside the ship how what? big is that thing on the inside oh my gosh well that's the thing too is like so they do kind of go over it where all the cargo ships are transformers also and you know you have um, Unitron who turns into a, which we need to talk about this for a second. I've never bought anything big at Comic Con. Okay. All, all the years that we've gone, I've never bought anything because everything's so, so gosh darn expensive. But they had a Unicron there that transformed from the planet into the robot, and I almost bought it. If it wouldn't have sold out the first day, <laughs> I would have bought it. Uh, real quick, uh-huh. I just want to go back to Optimus Prime real quick because the Optimus. writer of the film, Rod uh-huh. Friedman, uh-huh. was did not want to kill off Optimus Prime. No. He considered him a father figure and an icon, and he said to remove Optimus Prime, to physically remove Daddy from the family, that wasn't going to work. And he said, I told Hasbro and their lieutenants they would have to bring him back. And they said no. And had they said no because they had, and I quote, great things planned. In other words, they were going to create more expensive toys, is what he said. <laughs> so <laughs> It's true. And then That's after they, they killed him, Hasbro realized they made a mistake because... Later on in G.I. Joe, the movie, when they were going to kill Duke off, they were like, oh, man, you know, we made a mistake doing that with Prime. Let's not do that with Duke, too. Right, right. So well, I mean, they admitted their mistake by making that creative choice in G.I. Joe, the movie. Right. And they eventually doubled back on that and brought Optimus Prime back yeah. to us. Yeah. Which. The thing is, and I'll be honest, I don't remember the third season that me that well i remember the first two i remember the movie i think because after they killed off all of my favorite characters i didn't i wasn't interested in watching the cartoon anymore after that because it i'm like oh if optimus isn't in it i don't want to watch it if jazz isn't in it i don't want to watch it like i don't know i don't i'm not like connected with these other characters 
And and that was the thing too is I and I'm pretty sure I watched. I just don't have any recollection of watching it. <laughs> oh, I didn't watch it. Okay, I, I might not have. I, I might I might have watched a few <clears throat> episodes, but that's it. I hated the character design of the new Transformers so much that I boycotted it after that. I was like, I'm done. There's no need. We had GoBots still at that time, so I went back. GoBots and Mask. And Mask, which. Where the hell is the mask re- reboot? We'll talk about this yeah, later. But yeah, let's not get into it. We got to stick on. We got to stay on Transformers. We still got yep, like fifty got billion to. things to go through. Okay. Yes. There were four other characters that were scripted to die in this movie, but the scenes oh, were really? not animated. So during the attack on Autobot City by Devastator, Ultra Magnus attacks, and he's accompanied by Sideswipe, Tracks, and Red Alert. And Red Alert is killed by a cannon blast. Mirage would shoot Bombshell only to be blasted by Megatron, and Trailbreaker's dead body would lie on the ground as the Decepticons scramble abroad the Astro Train. Also, towards the end of the movie, when Shockwave is frantically calling for the Decepticons to engage Unicron, Unicron's hand was supposed to have been seen crushing Shockwave's uh, Citadel. The way the movie was released after Shockwave calls scramble unicron's hand comes down and smashes a good part of the planet's surface and shockwave is never seen again and that was his only line in the whole thing yeah for shockwave yep yeah that was weird yeah i mean and it was like the thing that got me the most is that there was no ceremony to it they got killed and then that was it you see bits and pieces of them lying around and there you go you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like it was like they didn't care. And that I think that's what disappointed me the most. There was no fanfare for it. Because even some of the bad guys, like Shockwave, you'd want to give them that moment of, ah, crap. Yeah. Even, even the bad guys are going down. But pff, they don't give you that. Exactly. Yeah. You know one thing we also almost saw in the movie but didn't get utilized? What's that? Cybertron was going mm-hmm. to transform into a robot okay. and battle against Unicron. That would have been cool. Out two giant-sized planet robots fighting each other. Hell yeah. Yep. But they didn't go through I, with it. But they'll kill Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah, they'll kill Optimus Prime. So in Marvel Comics, in their version of Transformers... They regarded Cybertron to be the planet form of the Transformer god Primus, whose backstory involved warring against the evil Unicron. There was no connection between the discarded script and the comic series. Different authors simply came up with the same general idea independently. Huh. I like what happened with You Got the Touch. Like, okay, please tell me, when you were a kid, when you heard... You've got the touch. It was like inspiring. Like that was like the, the yeah, it's a great song, man. Of cool. course. Do you know what killed it for me? What? Marky Mark, sorry, Mark Wahlberg singing oh. it in Boogie Nights. <laughs> what? Of all the songs, you're gonna sing "You've Got the Touch." Yes. In Boogie Nights. Yep. Of course he is. Oh man. I still Maybe- like the song though. Because Transformers yeah. is the OG, like, and I, maybe that was the thing. Maybe they didn't go into Dirk Diggler's. No, 
That was way before Transformers the movie came out. Set in that time period. Dang it. But yeah, I was just like, no, you can't use you've got the touch in boogie <laughs> nights, turkeys. Dang it. So yeah, I just had to get that out. I'm sorry. No worries, no worries. Yeah. Uh Unicron's original name in the early drafts of the script was mm-hmm. Ingestor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> While Unicron's planet form would have been an actual planet, Ingestor would have been a mysterious being in control of the planet, which upon transforming into a robot would have had many organic-looking features, including long hair. In the final script... (laughs) Billy's giving me a crazy look right now. In the final script, these two were mushed together into a single character named Unicron, who is also a planet, though a mechanical one, which can turn into a gigantic robot. Many of his organic features were kept, such as his metallic mustache and goatee and stomach, which resembles the abdominal muscles of a human. However, he lost his hair. Thank you. Why? It's kind of funny when they give robot mustaches and goatees. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of them in this movie that had them. It's true, but it just makes me think of Dot Matrix from Spaceballs. Like, so weird. Like, so weird. Well, well, what are you going to do? But yeah, I'm Ingestor. That's Ingestor. Yeah. I'm glad they went away from that one. I uh, forgot to mention earlier we were talking mm-hmm. about killing all of our favorite Autobots. Mm-hmm. In the scene where Stars, because uh, Megatron transforms, and then Starscream, you know, uses Megatron's gun and shoots and kills Braun. It's like that's the mm-hmm. first mark, right? Right. This is the first time in gun mode that Me- Megatron manages to hit his target on the first shot. <laughs> During the first two seasons of the animated series, whenever Megatron would transform into gun mode. His first mm-hmm. shot would always miss the miss the target. Oh, now is that his fault or is it the person shooting? You think it's the person shooting? But here's mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that I did. I I've actually wondered forever, and when I was watching this movie, it came up again. Okay, Megatron's a big robot, but when he transforms, yes. he transforms into this little gun that can be held. <laughs> yeah. What is going on here? So I looked this up and I found, no yeah, I found awesome. there is an explanation of why this is because it makes no wow. sense to me, but uh-huh. here we go. There are two possible uh, explanations. Okay. One, mass conversion. This method put, <laughs> put it that the transformers like Soundwave were endowed with the ability to transform not simply their bodies, but their entire molecular structure. This ability, not under their conscious control, only activates when they transform, shifting their atoms according to a predetermined schematic. Okay. So, okay. This makes sense. Like, there was a... I connected so many dots between Transformers the movie and Transformers... The actual movie, the sure. live action movie. Yeah. So one of them, the Witwickies, of course, Spike and Daniel Witwicky. 
right? Yep. Because that's a freaking Shia LaBeouf's name in the movie. And then, so Bumblebee can do that, can change his, as long as he gets the schematic of something, can change the way he looks. Yes. So that, that two and two together. There we go. So this is the second, this is the second, this is the second one. Do it. Megatron employs a mass displacement sequence, physically discarding a portion of his bodily mass to allow himself to shrink into human scale to a human scale pistol of appropriate weight and density. What with E equaling MC squared, the loss of this amount of mass <laughs> shunted to a undisclosed location in space and time results in a <laughs> Volatile energy discharge requiring bystanders to step away lest they be injured by the forces released. Not that Megatron would care. Due to the energy shortage and seeming near total depletion of Transformers' primary fuel source, Energon, caused by their war, mass displacement hasn't been commonplace for a very long time since it requires a huge amount of energy. The technology had practically vanished until the discovery of Ore 13 on Earth. Wow. So they can come up with this <laughs> whole thing about how Megatron can turn into a little gun but they can't make one cohesive storyline for a movie. (laughs) (sighs) Pretty wild, huh? That is wild. I mean, that was a lot of thought. Whoever came up with that really put the work into it. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, they... Because it makes no sense. It's something they had to make up to fit the reasoning behind what they were doing in the cartoon series. (laughs) Right. It's not like Looney Tunes where they just go, this happened and you're going to have to deal with it. No, they had to come up with that. So after Optimus dies and the Matrix is passed on to Ultra Magnus, Mm -hmm. we get a shot of Unicron. It lets out this roar in space. Mm -hmm. The roar they used in this scene is from the Hulk, from the Incredible Hulk 1982 animated series. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they just reused that Hulk roar. Yeah, we'll just say it's an Easter egg. And it worked. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it was It was good. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. That's where I think freaking Hot Rod changed the course of everything. Because I think if Ultra Magnus would have been the first one to touch the Matrix after Optimus Prime, he would have been, you know, the man. Yeah. But Hot Rod had to step in try to save the day again and here we have Rodman's prime now turkey <laughs> i'm still mad you're never that. gonna forgive never gonna forgive them for that never forgive hot rod for what he did oh no you don't megatron and bumblebee why couldn't bumblebee be that would have been great you know it's crazy Everybody... i'm sitting here and we're talking about this movie mm-hmm. and you bring up Bumblebee, and I'm like, I don't remember. I don't even remember him in the movie. He had two shots in the whole thing, and one of them is when somebody says, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yes. In in the movie, someone uh, that's like, Spike. Spike says, "Okay, oh, well, shit. Spike. What are we going to do now?" Yeah, and I looked because I happened to just be looking down, and I heard that, and I was like, "Nope." That didn't just yeah, happen. Yeah, that happened when... You're right. That happened when Bumblebee realized 
the 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 blowing up the moon did not affect Unicron. It's, right, not even a little like, bit. Uh, well, shit. <laughs> what are we gonna do now? Yep. That and was kind of fun we... though when they when they had shit in there. And then uh, was it Ultra Magnus was like, "Open, damn it, open." Yep. So you got shit and damn it in, tra- in a Transformers movie. Shit, damn it, and a lot of death. I'm surprised this wasn't rated R for what we got. But man, yeah, everybody died. Spike says shit. Ultra Ma- And that's the thing, too. Where the hell were these garbage guys when Optimus Prime died? Because Ultra Magnus got his ass blown up <laughs> in bits and pieces. And then the Wrecker guys just come back and literally shine him up and he's cured. Those guys, man. Those guys. Yeah. Ugh. It's upsetting, I tell you. Yeah, the movie, they actually, the, one of the reasons they put the uh, the little swear words in there was because they wanted to make sure the movie got a PG rating. So the movie would play throughout the whole day because G movies, I guess back then, weren't playing as often during the day as PG, PG-13 and R movies. So they oh, wanted really? to, Yeah, so they wanted to make sure that they got a PG rating so that they get more screen time, I guess. Huh. Yeah. What kind, what kind of weird rule is that? It's just one of those weird rules. At least in the yeah. 80s, that's how it was. Right, everything was backwards back then. So speaking of Ultra Magnus being fixed up, in the original script, he was dismembered by the sweep. So his arms and legs were ripped from his body. And that ended up being changed from him being blasted to death. Okay. So was it like too harsh to have him ripped apart? I guess. I, A little but easier they, to they, accept. Maybe, but they killed everybody anyway. I don't know why right. ripping our limbs off of robots would... I don't know. I don't know either. But, you know, he came back anyway. You know who didn't come back? Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime. What did you think of the sweeps? They're blasters because they weren't like laser blast. They were, right. they were, there's like energy ropes. Yeah, it was weird. I thought that was kind of cool though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, something original, but not too out of control like the design of the rest of the characters. I, I talk bad about this movie, like the designs and stuff, but I still loved it. No, I, I love the like... movie, but it's when you watch it and you look back, you can see just how, how kind of shit it was. <laughs> <laughs> but but you can't help but love it for what it is. Right, right. Because, I mean, they were trying something new, and I got to give them a lot of credit, man, because they really tried something new on that one. They freaking went to town on all of our favorite characters. I know. It was insane. So, I want to talk about one of the characters, the new characters that was introduced in the movie. Okay. Oh, okay. I liked Darcy. Yeah, she was a good character. Hasbro did not want a female Transformer to appear in the movie. (laughs) What? Yep. They wanted the toys to be strictly targeted towards boys. And so they put this thing out saying no female Transformers. Mm -hmm. But thanks to writer Rod Friedman, 
he fought to include female robots in the Transformers lore as his daughter was a huge fan of the franchise. And this Mm -hmm. led to the creation of RC, a female robot who debuted in the movie as well as a number of other female characters introduced during season two of the Transformers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's weird. I just saw an RC toy at Target the other day. Well, what's that is weird because after the movie came out, despite mm-hmm. being one of the feature characters in Transformers mm-hmm. the movie, no toy of RC was made and produced during the entirety of the original Transformers line. That's what I thought. Isn't that insane? And, yes, but now, okay. I'm I'm putting it to this. There, so there was one prototype that was designed but rejected. Weird. Yeah, they, they and she's now one of sales. the most famous female Transformer characters, and she's even right. like the there's that band, the Transformers yeah. band, where the lead that, singer is. Is RC? RC. Yeah. And I think I think they're helping with that because we did. I was walking through Target and I saw RC, the Transformer. I was like, no way. So the first RC toy mm-hmm. came 28 years after her introduction in 2014. Hasbro That's finally nuts. released the toy based on RC. I don't know who they have making these decisions. You know what I mean? Dude. These executives at these places, they don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, these these guys. All right. They just, gonna, they're gonna... just constantly making decisions based on brain farts all day, I swear. <laughs> these, these guys go to business school. They get in these high positions of power at these like really cool places to work, and then they ruin it because they don't know what to do. Okay, here's the question for you. Ugh. Did you own a Lady Jane G.I. Joe toy? Of course. Did I you are, own a Scarlet? Of course. Yep. You can't have go. a good G.I. Joe collection without the those two characters. Right. Boys bought those on the reg just to have a complete set. They're going to play with the, the female characters because in those shows, they're just as strong as the men. They can do what they... And that's what I don't get. Like somebody up, up in the high... You know, echelon of Hasbro sitting on like, his throne. Me Grimlock, no bozo. Me King. <laughs> you just stole my line. That was gonna be my quote. <laughs> yeah, but that's basically what he said. Yep. Nobody wants to play with a female toy. Ah, <laughs> uh, jerks. Yeah, I'm just saying. I know. We need to be in charge of this crap. <laughs> someone, someone that knows right. what they're doing. Right. It's just, it's upsetting. So you you saw the movie Encanto, right? Yes. Okay. So they have all the characters and they thought, Disney thought that character Isabella was going to be like the top seller because she was the pretty one and the most perfect one. Yeah. My daughter related with Luisa the most, the one that was a strong one, and she's like, that's the character I want to be. Okay. Like, she doesn't relate with any other Disney princess, but she's like, Luisa's, like, there's no merch for her. Like, she's like, can I get a shirt or something like that? There's nothing. You can find Isabella's stuff, and you can find other stuff, but yeah, whoever makes these decisions to 
come up with the merch really needs to take a step outside the box. I, yeah. Oh, sorry, you hit me on a uh, hot topic right there. <laughs> no worries. It's kind of going down the list here. So one of the early scripts included a dragon-based Autobot combiner that would have fought Devastator in the finished story. We never that got to see rad. what that led to Devastator's defeat. That would have been cool, though, dude. Dude, a freaking dragon Autobot combiner? It would have been mm-hmm. freaking badass. And I would have wanted to buy it. And but I, of course not. I, of course they didn't do it. Did they ever do anything like that? Not for the Autobots. It was... Um, you had Devastator... That you had that. But I think he was the only combiner. I mean, we had what? We had the big jet. What was his name? Jetfire. I was oh. thinking of Jetfire. But he wasn't a combiner. He was just a really big jet. Yeah. Anyway, but that was it. That was the big Autobot of all the things. I don't think there was ever a combiner for the Autobots. No, there was. Wasn't there? I'm pretty hmm. sure there was. They were like race cars. They were race cars. I can't remember what it was. Oh, wait, the Stunticons. The Stunticons. The aerial bots. There we go. Yeah, so there were the Stunticons and the aerial bots who were combiner. Oh, the combiner ones? Combiner ones, like, uh, like Devastator. There we go. So. I like those. In 2010, an early draft of the script leaked, which revealed the plot of the movie went through many, like as we talked about before, severe changes during the writing. Even the characters themselves would have been different and the movie would have been more violent than the finished version. What? Yep. The Matrix of Leadership never came up in earlier drafts of the script, yet it is the main driving force behind the completed movie's plot that we saw. The early script explained the death scene of Optimus Prime differently. Since the Matrix of Leadership had not been thought up at the time, Optimus would have handed over an entirely different object, Ultra Magnus, namely his own, and I quote, essence. A white-colored, like you talked about earlier, Optimus Prime Mm -hmm. would have emerged from his body to take the place of Ultra Magnus. This idea clearly originated from Ultra Magnus's toy form, like you talked about earlier, which was basically just a white version of Optimus Prime wearing blue and red colored armor. The final script rewrote this scene with the inner white Optimus Prime and Ultra Magnus never got referenced in the cartoon. However, later incarnations of the character frequently depicted him as nothing more than a white Optimus Prime. See, I knew I saw that somewhere. Also, in the original script, Life mm-hmm. Sparks would have had a very important role. No such objects were ever mentioned in the finished movie, Life Sparks, but this was like a huge deal in like all of the drafts of the script that were coming before. That ended up changing, and Life Sparks were eventually brought up a decade later in Beast Wars Transformers in 1996, and the Sparks were introduced, and that's when they were introduced in the Transformers franchise. There you go. Now they're canon. Yep. All right, I got you. 
Hot Rod would have originally felt more guilt for causing the death of Optimus Prime, as he should have. Right. The guy didn't even care. He was just like, no, I'm the leader now. And his fellow Autobots would have had to console him. But in the final script, he gets over it a lot more quickly. Right. He just he just wants that leadership position. He always had these feelings, right? Like mm-hmm. he's like, the Matrix can handle it. It's like, and, and Cup was like, how do you know? And he's like, I just have this feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How things would have been different had Ultra Magnus grabbed the the matrix first when it was falling out of optimus prime's hands eh, we'll never know instead we got an rv as the leader so one potential storyline that was pitched is we actually talked about some of this earlier where optimus mm-hmm. prime embarked on a journey to discover the origin of the transformer race as well mm-hmm. as find out that their home planet is actually a giant robot Itself. So we talked about how Cybertron would have transformed a giant robot and fought Unicron. Unicron. Their script was written in response to the original movie draft, which they saw incoherent, but was discarded shortly after presenting it to the executives. However, some elements of that script did turn up in the finished film, and a drastically reimagined origin story for the Transformers was detailed in the cartoon's third season. An earlier script version included a very interesting scene that detailed what the Autobots that remained on Earth, such as Blaster, Sunstreaker, Trailbreaker, and Wheeljack, had to go through. They would have fought a guerrilla war with the Decepticons sieging Earth, and the existence of the planet itself was to be threatened. In the finished movie, the Decepticons leave Earth alone after two Autobot shuttles take off. I actually would have liked to have seen that. That, that. that would have been cool. Because everybody knew who they those specific Transformers were, but they never had their like time to shine. They were like always the background guys. Yeah. So to take a minor character and lift them up would have been cool to see, I think. And, and also that script that was leaked uh, that I talked about earlier, that's when their fan, the fans got a hold of that. Some of the... Because it talked about how it was a bit more violent. So... Mm-hmm some of the death of those characters were more graphic. For example, Gears was to be bombed to pieces and he only has a cameo in the finished movie. I don't even remember seeing him. In yeah, there. I know. Wind Charger would have been shredded to bits by Cyclonus mm-hmm. and his parts raining on top of his companion Blaster. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. In the finished film, we don't see him die. Only his corpse. So you can actually see his corpse in the film, but we don't see how he dies. Wow, that's crazy. So here's a funny thing. You know that planet Junkian with all those junk guys that talk yeah, like... Eric, uh, see, another uh, that's another one for the actual movie because they all talk in TV commercials and TV lines and then Bumblebee does that in the movie. Yeah, exactly. On. Yeah. So when Rekar unveils the Junkian spaceship, he announces Mm -hmm. that the new improved Junkian planet is sleek, sexy, import with turbo handling. So you remember that? He's like, new improved Junkian planet is sleek, sexy, import with turbo handling. And that doesn't make any sense because like Junkian planet is not sleek at all. It is just, it's like everything looks ugly. 
Yeah. Uh, so this line mm-hmm. remained of Junkian's planet original concept, namely that the whole planet was capable of turning into a giant spaceship. In this movie, the spaceship is just one of the planet's many features, rather than the planet itself. This was later given the name Minnow in the book Transformers The Complete Arc. Can we talk about something that happens on Junkion just a little bit? We've touched on it before. Yes. So they're doing all this heavy metal all the way through the movie, okay? Dare to be stupid, dare to be stupid. Then we get Dare to be Stupid by Weird Al Yankovic (laughs) in this fight scene. Why? I don't even know. I have no idea. I was just like, okay. I'm, and I was asked by some several family members, like, what is happening right now? And I honestly just had to say, and it's like they're fighting, and then all of a sudden they're dancing, (laughs) right? In a circle. Well, you know why they're dancing, right? Tell me the universal greeting. Oh, yeah. How could I forget? Ba weep grana weep mini bomb. <laughs> Stupid as shit. <laughs> but now we know that if you ever meet somebody that you have no idea what they're saying to you, you just hit them with the universal greeting. Yes, I agree. Oh, man. Great stuff. The death of Unicron mm-hmm. would have been different in an earlier draft of the script. This is when he was called the Ingestor. Um, Since the Matrix was absent from that version, Ingestor Mm -hmm. essentially caused his own demise by inflicting great damage upon himself. So he was just going to tear himself apart. (laughs) Okay. All right. You know. Well, I mean, yeah. For some reason, I thought the battle with uh, Unicron was going to be a lot more. Like... Yeah, it was pretty anticlimactic. Yeah, it was. Because after all this, he's destroying planets. He's, you know, essentially mind-controlling Galvatron. And then just a couple of guys, like, he releases the Matrix in his gut. And the next thing you know, he's exploding. That was it. And he made those weird sounds like, Oh, oh, no, where are you? Then he dies. That's it. That's what we got. (laughs) What the hell? All right. Well, there you go. Uh, you got anything else for us on this one, buddy? Uh, yeah, I do. So in another <laughs> earlier draft of the script, <laughs> Megatron and the other damaged or dead Decepticons would have made it to Cybertron, specifically the Decepticon Hall of Fame, because that exists. Um, this is where oh. Starscream's coronation takes place in the finished film. Is it, The okay. Decepticons have a Hall of Fame, just so you of know. Of course they do. And uh, they fought over leadership. During their fight, Megatron would have been crushed by a falling statue with only his life spark remaining. Several ancient Decepticon life sparks would have also been accidentally released, drifting into space. These were to be made into Galvatron's troops by Unicron when Megatron's life spark met him. Remnants of this scene did end up in the movie. For example, many of the Decepticons who were supposed to have been killed appear alive at the coronation since in earlier drafts they were indeed alive at this point so they were killed off earlier but then you'll see them later alive just kind of standing in in the decepticon hall of fame that's because nothing in this movie makes sense there you go but look how confusing the whole life spark thing is. (laughs) right 
I mean, yeah. Well, there's definitely a beginning, a middle, and an end of this movie. We can say that. Yeah. Does it make sense? No. Nope. But it's there. <laughs> so, due to various scripting issues, animation errors, and rush production, characters who are killed off, and this is something I just touched on a second ago, Mm-hmm. Uh, turned into different forms can still be seen alive after they have supposedly died. Thundercracker and Skywarp show up at the Starscream coronation after Unicron supposedly reformed them into Galvatron's troops. This is because in the original script they did survive and Galvatron's minions had diff- a different origin. And the animation follows this earlier script version. All three mm-hmm. of the original Insecticons die and are also turned into new bodies. Yet, not only do they also appear later, one of them even gets a speaking part, and they continue to show up in Season 3 of The Transformers that follows the movie. However, since the Insecticons could clone themselves, these reappearances have some leeway. (laughs) Okay, because that makes sense, because they die when the Dinobots get them, when they're trying to break into the, the base. The Dinobots rip them apart, but then they show up later, and then they die. And then the very last scene, one of them shows up again. Yeah. I'm like, what the what? And then you've got the Coneheads, uh, Dirge, Thrust, and Ramjet. They mm-hmm. seemingly meet their end when they fly into Unicron's mouth. But then right. all of a sudden, they show up alive in the animated series in the third season. <laughs> they got out of it. They did. They did. They, they just flew right out there like, nope. They noped right out of there. And there are also similarities between this movie and Star Wars. <laughs> are you ready for this? <laughs> Please. Please. Oh, I'm excited. Go. Okay. Both stories mm-hmm. are of intergalactic war in which the heroes are pitted against a giant machine that can destroy planets. The mm-hmm. opening battle at Autobot City parallels the Battle of Hoth. The heroes retreat across space and travel in different directions. The hero, Luke and Hot Rod, go to a remote planet with with a robot, Cup R2-D2, and mentor Cup Yoda. He emerges as a leader after <laughs> placating a primitive race, Junkians, Ewoks who threaten his friends, Ultra Magnus leading the other Autobots and being pursued by Galvatron parallels Darth Vader's pursuit of Han, Leia, Chewbacca, and C-3PO. The hero, Hot Rod and Luke, face the villain, Galvatron, Darth Vader, inside the giant planet destroying machine. (laughs) Okay, I mean, I can't argue with that. There you go. Yep. It's all kind of silliness right there. It is. But it's still fun. Like, I think that was, this movie was like so much joy for me because I. it's like, you know, the the music was cool. You got all this famous stuff going on. You get to see all of your favorite. See, this is the exact opposite of G.I. Joe. See, all you guys in G.I. Joe, they survived. When you get to, you know, when you had Transformers, everyone died. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, even minor characters, but man, like Wheeljack was always one of my favorites, and you didn't even get to see him die. He was just a pile of junk on the side. It's 
it's gross, but yeah, it was still fun. Yeah. My kids loved it. Like I just showed it to them. They were enthralled from beginning to end. Oh, good. Yeah. So I think, look, I know we're sitting here and we're just seem like we're just talking trash about it, but it's like, it's all in it's, it's, we're talking trash in love and respect kind of. But yeah, my kids. There was such it. a like, lackluster ending, though, when they're all standing around <laughs> celebrating. They should have went back to Junkian and partied, right? With the Junkians. That was a cool group. They're all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I enjoyed them. That was a fun part of it. Um, Let's talk about. The, oh, what were you gonna say? Yeah, no, I was just gonna say you're right. the The ending was really just done. They were just like, oh, and it's done. Here's the credits. I know. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what were you going to say, buddy? Oh, but dude, like, I meant to, I wanted to talk about this earlier and I totally forgot, but like the theme song, man, when it opened, the way it opens it up, how they rock out with Transformers, dun, dun, Transformers, more than meets the eye, Transformers, yeah, Remember robots that in disguise. That was, Heck yeah. that was awesome. I love it that. It was awesome. Dude, I remember that opening scene with the Transformers logo comes out. I like that as a kid and that rock song coming up. I was just like, whoa, this is awesome. Exactly. Oh, man. It took it's like, this is going to be really different. And then they started killing everybody. Like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> it is really different. Ah! While we're on music, yep. uh, the band uh-huh. who sings the song on the soundtrack nothing's gonna stand in our way and hunger mm-hmm. is listed on the soundtrack credits uh as specter general but the band's name is actually kickaxe when the soundtrack was assembled they thought the name kickaxe sounded too threatening so they listed them as specter general the band wow. wasn't even notified about the change wow really yep that's messed up, dude. The, oh, man. The lyrics of the song, Instruments of Destruction, were uh-huh. slightly changed because they were deemed inappropriate. But Spike can say, oh, shit. <laughs> but Spike can say, oh, shit, and Ultra Magnus can be like, open, damn it, open. Right. Okay. I would really like to know what the lyrics were changed so that we could know what was so inappropriate. Yeah. Nice. Oh, man. So, we made it. You got anything else about this uh, this movie? There are some deleted scenes that actually have uh, storyboard art online. I'm going to post these later, but just a quick rundown of these things. Ultra Magnus deploying Autobots to fight Devastator. They managed uh-huh. to tear him apart, but when fleeing, Red Alert is killed during the shootout. I mean, some of these we've talked about before, but these are what you're going to see specifically on this video that I'm going to share. When mm-hmm. Optimus faces Megatron right after Megatron says, why throw your life away so recklessly? And the Decepticon attempts to fight Prime off only to have him crushed against the floor. Ultra mm-hmm. Ma- And then the other one is Ultra Magnus's uh, original death scene where the sweeps tear him apart limb by limb. This scene is rumored to have been completely finished only to be cut from the final film due to negative test screening reactions when they were... Oh, really? Yeah. 
And then huh. the other one is Shockwave's death scene during Unicron's attack. So I'm going to share that video uh, with everyone okay. on Twitter when this is when we release this thing. Nice. Okay. I love it. I can't wait to see it myself. So, yeah, man, that's it. We we got through this thing. We did it. There was a lot to digest in this thing, but I mean, there's fun. a lot. There's even more, but it's like I kind of just picked the meat and potatoes out of this thing. Right. And we we went with it. Absolutely. So, is there a a quote that gets you? <laughs> Man, dude, I've been quoting this movie all throughout this thing. <laughs> it and it's great. Cuz you say it so fluidly. <laughs> Some of them are just so damn good. Right. I mean, my old, Okay, so first was a uh, was Grimlock. Weep, mini bomb. <laughs> I can't make it through that without laughing. And then so Cup I'm is good. all like, see, the universal greeting works every time. Every time. Yep. But I've, I've as well as the, the universal greeting that you keep getting, uh, mine is, um, of course, Spike. Oh, shit. We didn't even dent it. <laughs> I'm like, yep. It made I mean, it I'm just going to there's so many good quotes. You got like Rumble. He's like, first we crack the shell and then we crack the nuts crack the inside. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. There's so many great oh, there were so lines cheesy, of dialogue but... in this. Yeah. Oh, they're fantastic. Well. And then you got like, like even those are the whole argument between Scrapper, Soundwave, Bonecrusher, Hook. And they're like trying to figure out who's going to be the new leader. It's like the Constructicons form Devastator, the most powerful robot we should rule. The F Soundwave. The F Soundwave. Soundwave superior. Constructicons inferior. Who you call an <laughs> inferior? Nobody would follow a uncharismatic boar like you. Hey, nobody talks to Soundwave like that. I mean, you know. Soundwave was probably the coolest of all Decepticons. Yeah. Just when you were a kid, if you could find Soundwave, you were you were good to go. You were the man. Hold on, I'm just looking for quotes real quick. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else I could throw out here. Hot Rod has like the most boring quotes ever. Right, but they keep putting them in here. He's such an uninteresting character. Right. Oh, I like Megatron's, like, I mean, it sucks, but I kind of, I, I like Megatron when he's like, such heroic nonsense before blasting Iron Head's a head off. <laughs> he just doesn't care. And that's the thing, too, is like, they weren't that, they weren't that crazy with taking guys out in the series. They were just nuts taking them out in the movie. They're like, that's it. You know what, Billy? Mm. We're just, I'm just going to. I'm just doing it. I'm just gonna do it. Do it. All right. Do it. Welcome to join in if you want, dude. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, you know what I'm gonna do. My favorite oh, quote of the movie. Yes. Do it. You got the touch. You got the, you power. Got the power. Yeah. yeah. Dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> F 
after all is said and done, you've never walked, you've never won, you're a winner. You got the moves, you know the streets. Break the rules and take the heat. You're nobody's fool. You're at your best when the going gets rough. You've been put to the test, but it's never enough. You got the touch. You got the power. When all hell's breaking loose, you'll be right in the eye of the storm. You got the heart. You got the motion. You know that when things get too tough, you get the touch. You're at your best when the going gets rough. You've been put to the test, but it's never enough. Oh, dang, you hit that. That was amazing. You got the touch. (laughs) Fantastic. Oh, man. I kind of love singing these stupid songs. I'm but sure the, the audi- I'm sure the audience hates it, but whatever, it's fun. We're here to have fun. Yeah, and and you know what the best part is is that those who know are singing it with you, like those the people who grew up watching Transformers the movie are so excited that you're singing the song. <laughs> I fantastic. hope so. I hope so. I hope they don't like put us down to a one star because our my singing sucks. Anyway, thank you everybody for joining us on our wonderful, wonderful trip through Transformers the movie. This is a lot of fun to talk about. It's a lot of fun to watch. Go watch the movie again just just to experience the greatness all over again. It's great. And if you haven't seen it, it's a lot better than some of the Transformer movies that have come out recently. Yeah. It's way more fun. Look, I know we talk crap about it, but like in all seriousness, we freaking love this movie, which is why we're talking about it on the podcast. I mean, think we both own it. Yes. So, I mean, that's, I mean, just put it right there. We both own it. So we've watched it multiple times. I did a double feature of G.I. Joe the movie and Transformers at the Egyptian Theater in Hollywood uh, right before the pandemic, about three years ago. Man. And they had the cast and directors there. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I love these movies. Of course, I'm going to go see it on the big screen if I get the chance. Right. Man, so, I'm jealous. That would have been fun to go to. It was a lot of fun. But don't forget to leave a review, like, and subscribe. We have a Facebook and a Twitter account. Twitter. You can go to at GT Secret Level is our call sign on that. And yeah, follow us there. We post stuff, behind the scenes photos, videos, things like that of the movies we talk about. And thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. Let us know if there's something you want. To I know, hear no about. one's like reaching out to us on these platforms, be like, hey, do this movie, do this movie. Hey, tell them what we to do. Yeah, well, trust do me, it. we like it that you like it. We keep seeing the likes. <laughs> but let's talk about it. Give us something. Yeah. Is there something we haven't done? Exactly. This is fun. This is fun for us. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. I'm thirsty. I need some blood. Okay, go ahead. That's going to be the end.
That's going to be the tag. <laughs> I need some blood. Nice. 